Thanks for listening to the Bethel Church Podcast. We hope this episode inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective on how God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. In Luke chapter 10, there's one of my favorite stories, and some of you chuckle because I say that every time. Um, Verse 38 through 42 It starts, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed Jesus into her house. Now she had a sister called, good, you got three people. I'm so glad you guys are paying attention. She had a sister called, now we have 12, who sat, hey, 12 is a magic number on the Bible, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve all along? Make her help me. I know none of you who have kids ever experienced this, when you give the kids something to do, they all break down the workload equally and they never come to you and complain that the other one is not doing their job. Okay? Yeah, me either. (laughs) But the Lord answered her. Oh, this is the sweetest response too because this is how the Lord answers us. He said, Martha, Martha, You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Such a little small story in the Bible with such profound implications. If you're taking notes, we're just going to go simply verse by verse Every time we do communion, we try to hone in on one of the core values of our church. And one of our core values is this, it's it's healthy home. We believe in healthy homes at Bethel Church. In fact, I'll say this, if you wanna make the greatest change, draw the smallest circle and pray that God sends revival to that circle. Before you make one post on social media, before you run for one office, before you do anything before you march in the streets, before you serve at the soup kitchen, your home is your first place of ministry. And it has to be your first place of ministry. And I will tell you this, that a healthy church is built on healthy homes. And healthy homes, the Lord builds those on healthy people. This morning, if you look at your home and you say to yourself, well, my home is not healthy, well, understand this, that every single person, let me do this first. How many of you have ever had a season in your life where you know your home was not healthy? Just raise your hand real fast. Can you raise hand, can you raise it higher? Because when we start talking about family and we start talking about, I'm raising my hands, by the way. We start talking about families, there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of guilt We see other people's highlight reels with their family. We compare it to what's really going on with us. And all of a sudden, we feel like we don't match up. But we just broke 
that shame and that guilt. Everybody, again, raise your hand if you have ever had a season in life where your home was unbalanced and completely unhealthy. That is everybody in here, every single person in here. Please forgive my voice. I'm not going to apologize for it, but forgive it anyways. As they went on their way, Jesus entered a village back at verse 38, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now, a lot of you know this story, and we're quick to just jump at Martha and talk about how she's she's wrong and she doesn't get it. But understand this, it was Martha that gave the invitation to Jesus. So before we beat Martha up, can we just give Martha a hand real quick? Y'all been beating Martha up for your, so many years. You know what, while we're at it, let's give Thomas a hand too, come on. Y'all been calling him Downton Thomas for years, but he only wanted to see the same thing the other disciples saw too. I know, I just, I, he just actually spoke his mind. <laughs> Sorry, y'all can tell. I'm gonna cancel anybody that talks bad about Martha or Thomas from now on. If you've ever said it, we're gonna go back, we're gonna dig it out. Anybody want to join me? Too soon? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm moving on. I want to ask you a quick question. Has Jesus been welcomed into your house? Some of y'all are like, dude, this sounds like an elementary lesson. It does. We're going back to the basics. I'm not asking you, like, have you invited Jesus into your life? I'm asking you this question. Has Jesus been invited into your home? the place where you spend the majority of your time? Or is he an afterthought? Kind of like salt and pepper on the table that we sprinkle on the meal right before we get going to just you know, remind ourselves, hey, we're Christians in this house. But has Jesus really truly been welcomed into your home? You see, your home is your first place of ministry. Every bit of activity, everything that you do will flow from the health of your home. That's why we shouldn't wait to get to church to teach our children. Amen. I'll say this to you. Pastor Phillips says it all the time. It is our, it's not our job and we relinquish all control. We are not called to disciple your children. You are. We are called to come beside you and aid you and give you God's word. We're called to baptize. We're called to sit and listen to the apostles' teaching that's already in scripture. We're called to fellowship together, break bread together, but we are not called to disciple your children and we relinquish all control from doing that. It's your job to disciple your kids. Teaching, worshiping. This year on Christmas Day, you can go ahead and mark it on your calendar because of the timing of Christmas. I think Christmas Eve is on December 24th this year. Is that right? Is that right? I would love to pretend that was a mistake, but I actually said that in one of our staff meetings about four years ago. And now Pastor Steve loves to remind me every year Hey, Daniel. Yes, sir. I think Christmas Eve is on December 24th this year. Put it on your calendar. (laughs) But on Christmas Day, on on Christmas Eve, it's on a Friday, isn't it, Rich? 
So we're going to have two services, and then we're going to have Recovery Alive. So we'll actually have three services on Christmas Eve. It's going to be pretty awesome. Go ahead and plan up. But on Christmas Day, we're going to do a special online broadcast where we lead you and your families in communion at home. We want you guys to hang out with your family that day and use your house as a temple. Amen? That's what we're going to do. I just want to go ahead and let you know. But our home is our first place of ministry. Verse 39, she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So I want you to notice the two things that Mary was doing. Write them down if you're taking notes. Number one, she sat at the Lord's feet and she didn't just sit at the Lord's feet and scroll. She sat at the Lord's feet and she listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with what? Much serving, right? As people who have been called to be servants, it seems that this is a little paradoxical that scripture would say that she was actually distracted with much serving. I want to say this, that this little passage has been oftentimes uh, portrayed as it, that it just pertains to serving in church. But this was not church serving. This was home serving. Mama, all the mamas in the house say, yeah. yeah. This is biblical proof that if you don't want to do laundry today, don't do laundry. Now, for all of you who are mad and you want to call me a misogynist because I just told women that they should do laundry. To all you men that are responsible for laundry because that's the way you divided your roles. I do laundry sometimes. You now have biblical proof that you don't have to do laundry because you will be distracted with much serving. So when you go home and somebody starts complaining about dinner not being ready. Caitlin, don't look at me right now, please. Just look down at your notes. Just start taking notes. If somebody complains about the house being not clean, just look at them and say, I'm not getting distracted with much serving. I'm not doing much serving today. Some of y'all are really going to use that and it's going to cause an argument. I am not liable for any arguments today. They were in the home, not the temple. You see, when our activity for the Lord, and by the way, I want to say this, your activity at home is for the Lord. Craig and Nikki are ministers just like I'm a minister. Just How many ministers do we have in the house? If you're saved, you're a minister. Everything that you do is to be done unto the Lord. So, Parents of small children, when you're wiping rear ends later on today, do it as unto the Lord. That's about the only way you're going to get through it, okay? When our activity for the Lord becomes greater than our activity with the Lord, we are distracted with much serving. That's why we constantly have to take the time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Amen. Parents, I'm going to need to just give you a, a, a heads up, but also maybe it'll help remind you and it might take some pressure off of you. Those children, they'll do fine 
as long as they remain children. But when they reach God's status in your home and they begin to dictate and determine your family's entire schedule so much that you can't attend worship anymore at your local church, so much that you don't even have time for a devotional in the morning, we're becoming distracted with much serving. It's okay, parents, just reminding you, it's okay to tell your kids no. You're not playing soccer this year. I promise you they'll be okay. It's okay to tell your kids, no, you're not going to this birthday party this Saturday. I realize he'll only turn 13 once, and this is the last time he's going to be 13, 12, sorry. But we're too busy this weekend already, and we're going to sit our rears right at home. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor Daniel. Children cannot be the priority in the, in the home. Our relationship with the Lord sitting at the feet of Jesus has to be the priority in all of our homes. Amen. First. And then second, if you're married, your relationship with your spouse is next on the totem pole and then comes the kids. So what does that mean? If we don't have time to sit at the feet of Jesus and love our spouse, then we don't have time for another activity with our children. I'm just going to go ahead and give you biblical permission to tell them, no, go outside, lock the door behind you, there's the water hose, you ate 30 minutes ago, scientifically you can go 40 days without it, I'm I'm just joking. (laughs) I'm always really concerned that I'm going to say something that's just going to cause a big stir. You guys can tell how concerned I am. We're gonna, this, this message is gonna, it's gonna challenge us this morning, but we're gonna get to a place where there's hope because I will tell you this, first of all, many of you, you're hearing what I'm saying and you're already underneath shame, you're already underneath condemnation because you are, the, the entire weekend, you, you have been just sun up to sun down, going, 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 you finally made it here, you brought your family and now the pastor's telling you you're doing a bad job. <laughs> I wanna tell you this, At the end of this, what we're going to do is this, is we're going to stop working so much, we're going to stop striving so much, and we're going to rest in what Christ has already done for us. That's why we sat during communion today. We sat because we need to learn to sit our rear ends down and trust that God is God. That he can do more in your sitting than you can do in your standing. That he can do more with 90% of your income than you can do with 100% of your income. That God can do more with six days than you can do with seven. And the answer is not to get up earlier and go to bed later and work harder. The answer is is to give up and admit that our lives have spiraled out of control and we need him to fix it. I want to remind you, that's why Jesus came.
For those of you that serve in our church, I'm, we're so thankful. And now all the ministry leaders are like, oh, please don't go here because I need about 10 volunteers right now. But just listen before you, before you get up and walk out. If you get up and walk out now, we're going to know why you're walking out. And we're going to talk about you. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> if you've not sat with your family in worship, I want to challenge you. It's time to make a change. That doesn't mean go resign. It actually means go recruit. One of the beautiful things, and I want to say again, thank you for, um, I, I had no clue this was going to happen this morning. It meant a lot that Pastor Steve and Miss Sharon, that you guys would lead that and do that. I'm going to cry if I keep talking about it. I always cry when I talk about Pastor Steve and Miss Sharon. But we are literally getting, we have the opportunity right now. You're in a church that believes in discipleship, that believes in pouring into other people and then taking a step back and giving them a chance to grow and develop. You saw it this morning with our worship team. You see it just a few weeks ago. There was a nine-year-old running a camera. How many, were y'all in here? It was awesome. Loved it. But the, the answer is not to just go resign right now. It's to tap people on the shoulders and begin pouring your life into them and then stepping back. I promise the church will go on without you serving one Sunday. <laughs> In fact, when you start pouring your life into other people, one of the best things you can do is to just show up and be the biggest cheerleader in the room for that person. So I'm not telling you to resign. I'm telling you to recruit and begin following the biblical pattern of discipleship. We won't have a hard time. One of the great things that we do love about this church is that in the majority of churches, you have 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. That's not the case here. And I will tell you this, if you want to help your brothers and sisters in Christ be able to sit at the feet of Jesus when they come to church. If you're not volunteering in any way, shape, fashion, or form, I want to encourage you to grab that Connect card and start serving today, even if it's just once a month. Once every two months. You know what that once every month could do? It could be a moment where someone serving in the nursery and Recovery Alive can actually sit in the service in Recovery Alive. We have a responsibility, not just in and of ourselves, but to each other, to, to, to love each other enough to step in the gap and fill the holes so that our church doesn't become distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, this is my favorite part of the verse, Martha, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her, tell her to help me. But the Lord answered, remember? Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. This morning, I'm gonna call it the Martha spirit. Not that there's a spirit that was controlling Martha, but it's just the set of things that Martha was struggling with that many of us struggle with today. If you're looking at this and you're wondering, 
am I, am, I, am I a Martha or am I a Mary? Well, I think one of the things you can look at to identify if you're a Martha is this. Are you angry at others who aren't as busy as you are? When you see others relaxing or going on vacation, are you quick to say that they're lazy and they might not have much to do? When someone's literally sitting at the altar, does it make you mad? Now, some of you are like, how do you know so much about Martha? I don't know. I've got a couple friends that really struggle with being a Martha, and they've told me all about it. The other thing about the Martha spirit is this, is that they love, they, we love to talk about how busy we are. How are you doing? How was your weekend? Busy. Sun up to sundown. You wouldn't believe what my schedule was like. I asked how you're doing, like, how's your heart? How's your family? Busy. We are just so busy. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I barely had a chance to go to the bathroom today. I don't need to know that. You're excused right now. Go to the bathroom. But once again, if you get up, we're knowing why you're going. God's busyness isn't a badge of honor. And it's not good. It's not good to be so busy that we don't have time to sit at the feet of Jesus. Many times busyness, so busy, doing and doing and doing for people and doing for the Lord, but never spending time at the feet of Jesus is not really a sign of maturity. It's a sign of bitter roots that have formed and really truly believing that your worth and your value is wrapped up in what you do. So when you're hurting the most, when we should be going to the feet of Jesus, what are we doing? We're sodding our yards. We're seeding our pastures. Once again, these are all examples from a people in our church that I know are struggling with Martha syndrome. <laughs> our founding pastor, I, I can hear him right now. He would, if there were people in the church that were all the time like, they would, they would, they would get up. I'm not talking about y'all coming up here. They would get up. They were always finding something to do. And I remember one time he said, I'm going to tell you what. Y'all need to sit down and listen to the whole teaching of the word of God. And you need to engage in worship. All this is is a big distraction. I mean, I've heard it more times than I've got fingers and toes. He called them busybodies. (laughs) You're too busy to sit and listen to the teaching of the word of God. There's hope at the end of this. Just just hold on. The other thing that we see about the Martha syndrome, the Martha spirit is this, is extreme what? Anxiety. What What did Jesus say to her? He said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But where was this anxiety coming from? 
contrary to our opinion, many times we think that if we can get the things done that we need to get done and we can control the things that we want to control, that our anxiety will go away. And Jesus is actually saying to Martha, it's for the, that very reason. It's your busyness that is actually causing your anxiety. He said, you're anxious about many things, two things that cause anxiety. You see this little time at the feet of Jesus and much time serving, doing stuff, working. You see, the more control we exact on the things around us, the more anxiety we are going to experience because no matter how much we like to think we are in control, it is just an illusion. An increase in physical and mental activity with a decrease in spiritual activity is the biblical cause of anxiety. And yes, I said that, and I don't apologize for it. Because we love you and we care about you, and I know right now it is not popular to talk about any mental health that we're just supposed to live, leave people to suffer their entire lives and almost come alongside of them and coddle the baby with them and not even touch it. But you don't have to live in anxiety your entire life. We see why Martha struggled with anxiety, an increase in physical and mental activity with little to no time at the feet of Jesus. And then Jesus says, Martha, you're anxious and you're troubled about many things, but he's not mad at her because he says, Martha, Martha, you're troubled. You're anxious about many things. He said, but, but Martha, this is the key. You got to get it. You ready, Martha? But you got all this stuff going on over here, all these things you got to do. You're troubled by many things, but Martha, there's really only one thing that's necessary. There's only one thing that's necessary. Please stop for a moment and just consider this. There's only one thing that's necessary, and it's not laundry. It's not cutting your grass. It's not motivating your son to finish the trailer that he started refurbishing one and a half months ago and he has left all your tools and the parts laying between your house and your shop and you can't even walk without shoes on because you're afraid you're going to step on shards of metal. Pulled that off of a pastor's website. <laughs> it's not scouting Facebook Marketplace for another car. It's not thrifting. It's not going to another tournament for your kids or organizing your child's scrapbook because you're four and a half years behind. It's not to watch the news. It's not even to go work out or prep a meal. There's only one thing that is necessary. I want you to notice the connection between Martha's anxiety and her absence of spending time at the feet of Jesus. There's only one thing that's necessary. I think that's part of why we are commanded to fast. 
Because many of us would say like, well, eating is necessary. Actually, it's, it's not necessary for a handful of days. And I think there's how much time, think about, think about in that culture, they didn't have processed foods. That's a whole nother sermon. They didn't have McDonald's. That's also an entire sermon series. <laughs> they didn't have all this. They didn't have microwaves. How much of their time would they have put in every day to preparing two or three meals a day? Lots of time. But what did fasting do? It took away the need. We could spare to go a couple days without eating, but not as this other activity that we're doing from the, well, for the Lord, but as a time to pull away from so much stuff that we think is necessary to really just sit at the feet of Jesus. That's why when we fast, we don't just not eat. We take the time that we would spend eating and we put it in time sitting at the feet of Jesus. Only one thing is necessary. Now, I know many of you, you're sitting here thinking, and you're just like, man, listen, there's no way I can get everything done. You don't know how many kids I got. Well, yeah, I do. I got a lot of kids too. You're like, thank you for people who are reminding me. I forgot how many kids we had. Some of you are thinking like, I've got so many things pressing on my plate. Now, let me just say this. Sitting at the feet of Jesus would be worth it even if it didn't help us. Even if we just left all that stuff undone and untouched and it just piled up, sitting at the feet of Jesus has value and it has worth and it is not a waste of time. It's not a waste of time to go home today after you've already been fed and cut the TV off and just put worship through your whole home and tell the kids, we're taking 30 minutes to sit at the feet of Jesus this morning. And they're going to say, what in the world are you even talking about? We've never done this before. Well, honey, we're starting today. Well, that's weird. I know it's weird. We're all weird. We believe weird stuff. Think about it. But even if there was no reward for sitting at the feet of Jesus in terms of productivity, it would be worth it. But here's the thing. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things shall be added unto you. I'm afraid that many times when we're working and should be sitting at the feet of Jesus, there's a solution at the feet of Jesus that would eliminate an entire day of work. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And I do genuinely believe that if you are so busy that you would not have time to sit at the feet of Jesus, I would tell you this, that you're too busy to not sit at the feet of Jesus. If we get so busy that we don't have time to spend with the Lord in prayer, I would say this, you're too busy not to go and visit with one who is the Alpha and the Omega, who literally sits outside of the confines of time, seeing everything that has happened and everything that will happen all simultaneously, who is all-knowing, who's everywhere all the time. I think it would be better time spent sitting at the feet of Jesus. Then Jesus says, Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken from her. 
He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Trophies can be taken away. Students, listen to me. Hear me out. Just because you get invited to go play on a team doesn't mean you should. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Now, I'm not up here rallying against sports. I love sports. Uh, More than a lot of people, I love to compete. I could play croquet, and I would be just as fine as long as I had somebody to compete against. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got that same little thing. I love it, and I think sports are great. But when they take so much of your time that you don't have time to sit at the feet of Jesus anymore, you might need to say no to a few things. Those trophies, they're going to one day, teenagers, listen to me, one day they're going to be at the top of your parents' attic, and they're going to be calling you saying, can you come get your crap out of my attic? Please. There's a bag of clothes, and there's all these medallions, especially this generation. Y'all got more trophies than we did because (laughs) we actually had to win to get a trophy. (laughs) Y'all pretty good. Clap, y'all clap for that. Yeah. That beautiful centipede can get brown patch disease, y'all. It's real. Brown patch disease is real. It'll mess up that yard in a second. I think we all found out, if we've learned anything in the past two years, that every single thing that we thought was normal can be taken away. But you know what? Oh, man. When we choose the good portion, it cannot be taken away. This morning to end, I want to read read a seemingly obscure passage from Exodus 23, verses 10 through 12. For six years, you shall sow your land and gather in its yield. They're not going to put it on there. I decided to do it at the last second. But the seventh year, you shall let it rest and lie fallow. Yeah, you heard it right. Agricultural society, for six years, they were to plant And for an entire year, they were to take off. Some of you are like, this is good preaching this morning, man. Maybe if you can just come to the company that I work for and preach this, this would be good. So that the poor of your people may eat and what they leave, the beasts of the field may eat. You shall do likewise with your vineyard and with your olive orchard. Six days you shall do your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. That your ox and your donkey so that your Ford and your Chevy may rest and the son of your servant woman and the alien may be refreshed. See, in the Old Testament, God was setting up his physical kingdom and what he did physically there, he's doing spiritually for us now. The principle of rest, the principle of sitting at the feet of Jesus is a tried and true principle from the beginning of creation until now. This morning, I want to challenge you to sit at the feet of Jesus. Ironically enough, this uh, weekend, I was, uh, Will, our, wait there, everybody, Will, our facilities and finance administrator, um, who is, he's a, he's a borderline 
He's either genius or he's crazy. I'm not really sure which one just yet. We're still trying to figure it out. No, I'm just joking. He is like a metaphorical wizard. If you ever need to understand something, Will is like a machine of metaphors. He talks in the most beautiful of language. So I love talking to him about what I'm going to preach about. So he came to my office, and I was telling him what I'm going to preach about. And, um, and then Will was like, okay, so what you got going on this weekend? And I was like, well, I don't really want to tell you. And so, um, to say the least, this has been the busiest weekend we have had in an extremely long time. Ironically enough, I am not good at this. I'll be the first person to tell you. And then guess what happened? Last night, we're putting up the last chair from one of our weddings, and we're turning off the lights, and the light switch is in one of our pig pens and my daughter goes in with me and I got this big 270 pound hog who sees a gap in the fence and then just runs out. Yeah, well it was that time for her. So she ran to the boar's pen and he's trying to climb the fence to get at her. Kids, it is what you think. You don't even know the whole story because, yeah, you, you know what happened last night. <laughs> so then the boar literally just barrels through the underside of the fence. So I got this boar chasing this hog. I am so mad because I just want to go to sleep and I just go to acting like an idiot. Yeah, I do. I'm yelling and trying to direct everybody and screaming. And then one time I go to, I go to say, to give everybody a, a, a command and a direction. And when I go to yell, nothing comes out of my mouth. Moral of the story, shut up, Daniel, and sit at the feet of Jesus. I'm serious. I tell everybody, I start dreading preaching on stuff because I feel like the Lord has a living example for me on Saturday. (laughs) This voice is the result of too much serving. When if I was sitting at the feet of Jesus, my voice would be rested and I would feel a lot better than I feel this morning. I want you to stand up with me. Actually, I take that back. Sit down. Lord, we're so grateful that we can rest in what you've done. This morning, I want to invite you. We got a little bit of time. You can sit where you are. You can come sit at this altar. And if you feel led to sit at the altar, come on right now, just break out. We're going to literally just sit here at the feet of Jesus. Come on. If you feel impressed to get out of your seat and just come plop it down on one of the stairs, plop it down on the floor. God, we... This isn't another activity. This is actually a step away from work. I don't want to leave, I don't want you to leave here with something to do. I want you to leave here with something to be. To just sit at the feet of Jesus. God, we come to you right now and we sit at your feet. And we say that time at your feet is valuable time. It's the good portion. It's the one thing that can't be taken from us. Oh God, give us that realization. 
Oh God, that only one thing is really truly necessary. Oh God, I just thank you, Lord. Come on, you can sing, you can pray. We're just gonna sit for a little while. Well, we hope you've been encouraged today. For more information about who we are, or if we can pray for you or serve you in any way, please reach out and connect with us. You can check us out online at Bethelchurch.info. Join us next week as we continue to grow together in God's Word.